Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 77 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Taylor Wolfram, who you may know from Instagram as Taylor Wolfram RD, and we are talking all about veganism and intuitive eating and all of the nuance that comes up with this. Um, so I get so many questions from people about, you know, can you practice intuitive eating while trying to follow a vegan or a vegetarian diet? So this episode is totally for you if, if this is something you've thought. Um, and also just Taylor offers a ton of great nuance into understanding um, this, this niche. So I'm definitely excited to share this episode with you guys. Before we dive into that, just want to let you know that I do have spots available for my one-on-one coaching program. So if you're looking for more individualized support on your intuitive eating journey, this is definitely the opportunity for you. Um, What you can do is you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram, click the work with me tab, and you will submit a form, and then I'll reach out to you about scheduling a 15-minute discovery call so we can kind of chat together and see if this would be a good fit for you. Um, You can also just go directly to my website, theintuitiverd.com, and you can sign up for it that way. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Taylor. All right, Taylor, we are good to go. So I would love to start with you just introducing yourself and a bit about what you do. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, So I'm Taylor Wolfram. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm in Chicago and I have a private practice. I do a lot of things in it, Um, but one thing that I do is nutrition counseling and my specialty in addition to health at every size, you know, and intuitive eating is vegan nutrition. Not all my clients are vegan, but I'd say probably about half of them are. Um, And I have that specialty, um, which I'm really passionate about both personally, because because I am vegan, but also professionally, because there are a lot of folks who need help. And there are so few people who do what I do. (laughs) And there's a lot of lot of demand out there. It's so true. You're the person I think of when I think about that intersection, whenever I have someone ask that question, but it's, it's not, not a lot of people are talking about it. Um, and it's a really, it's like a sticky area. I feel like for a lot of people, they're like, can I do intuitive eating and veganism? Um, so with that being said, um, yeah, I'm just curious for, I guess let's start with like you just sharing, you know, when you think of veganism, like, what does that mean? How would you describe it to someone who like, doesn't really know what that is? Yeah, this is a really good question because <laughs> I feel like I get invited on a lot of podcasts and kind of gloss over that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is a really good question to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, so veganism is like an ethical stance, I guess you could say, um, where you you know want to treat all animals, all species with respect and kindness and compassion and you know by virtue of that work to reduce harm against them. Um, and so the major areas where we see that is with food, right? Not eating any flesh that comes from an animal or any secretions that come from an animal, as we know, like the industries that are, you know, 
used to produce those are really exploitive and, and harmful, but also things like clothing, um, you know, animal skins and, and fibers and furs, shoes, furniture, um, you know, entertainment, lots of different things. So it's, it has much more to do with, um, you know, than just food. It's kind of this global approach to um, a lot of people use the term anti-speciesism, where we work to abolish the hierarchy of species and see ourselves as humans as part of the animal kingdom, hoping to live in harmony as much as possible and not see ourselves as dominating other species and exploiting them unnecessarily. That's so interesting. And as you're like sharing all of that, I feel like for someone who was, you know, considering becoming vegan, I feel like it would almost like when people come to intuitive eating feel like this like really big thing and like so much that you need to like change and totally like, I don't know, unravel about what you've been doing when it comes to not just food, but all these other things. So I guess I'm curious, like how you, um, you know, address that with people who feel very overwhelmed by the idea of becoming a vegan. Yeah, I think that's a really good parallel um, because it's kind of like the light bulb goes off, right? And, um, you know, I think being anti-diet and being anti-speciesist or or vegan, I guess you could say, is pretty countercultural. You know, we're working against these massive systems of oppression Mm -hmm. and these cultural norms. And most of us were, you know, socialized and conditioned into these systems. So it's like this massive overhaul. And it's like, wait, everything I thought about this particular thing is like, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I love that parallel that you draw. And I think there's a lot of similarities there in terms of, you know, you don't have to rush it, go slow, you know, treat yourself with compassion and kindness and stay connected to yourself and be mindful, continue learning and growing all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's realistic for either of those things to really happen overnight for anybody. Yes. I, I'm thinking of this like TikTok that I've seen. That's kind of like a, a, a weird joke, but, but basically it's something like, you know, when people say, um, you know, I, I totally would love to be a vegan, except I love cheese. And they're kind of like, has that like dun, dun, dun sound. It's like, well, why don't you, you know, practice being vegan except for cheese or something like that. And I just thought that was interesting. And I like that idea of like, you know, I don't know, seeing it not in such black and white terms, right? For some people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear that a lot. Um, cause that is one of the cliche things like, Oh, I could go vegan if it weren't for cheese. And it's like, <laughs> well then do that. You know, like there's so many ways to help animals and to make animal friendly choices that doesn't, it, it's not, you know, a black and white diet thing. And, and even for people who can't eat 100% vegan, there's so many non-food ways that they can help animals. Um, and I love that in like the quote unquote official definition of veganism, you know, it talks about, you know, boycotting and rejecting the exploitation of animals as far as is possible and practicable for you. And, you know, that's definitely not like an excuse for those of us with privilege, like to continue exploiting animals when we don't need to, but for people who really, you know, because of whatever, you know, limitation they may have, aren't Mm -hmm. able, you know, to be 100% vegan, I think it's important, you know, you just do the best with what you can. And also remembering we live in a capitalistic world that is non-vegan. And so it's not realistic for anyone to be 100%, you know, when we think of, Mm-hmm. So many products and things that have some sort of animal product 
in them, it's impossible to avoid all of them unless you're literally going to live off the grid in the forest. Right, right. Which not everyone can, can do. Totally. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to jump into asking you basically like, what are some of the misconceptions that you see over and over again at this intersection of veganism and intuitive eating? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot, um, from, from both sides, right. Um, both from kind of, I think like the Hayes anti-diet world, but also then from, from the vegan world as well. And I'm so grateful that there are, you know, there is a small community of folks who are both, um, and, and use this approach called consistent anti-oppression, where we look at like all the forms of oppression and, you know, rejecting and working against all of them, which, which diet culture is, right? And when we talk about the roots of diet culture with white supremacy and patriarchy, it's like, yeah, this is all connected. And there's even some really fascinating literature on how, um, you know, sexism and animal exploitation are linked and it's, it's pretty wild. So I do want to acknowledge, you know, there are folks doing this work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if we could start maybe from maybe like the Hayes side, I think a very common misconception is that veganism is a diet. It is restrictive. It is disordered. It is problematic Mm -hmm. no matter what, Um, or that going into it, assuming that that's the case and waiting to be proven otherwise. um, I I see that often. And I understand why, you know, people aren't making that up there. There's a lot of diet culture in vegan spaces, just like every other space, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who I, I like to use the phrase are on a plant-based diet, right? They are dieting mm-hmm. and calling it veganism. They're not actually like vegan for animals or really incorporating these ethics into all, every aspect of their lives. So, so I get that, but I also see the harm that it does to people, you know, when their healthcare providers or, or other folks assume that, you know, they have disordered eating or don't necessarily want to give them the benefit of the doubt or try to understand where they're coming from. So that's, that's one right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like how you, how do you tease out when, cause I hear this a lot too, right? Especially with like any eating disorder spaces of like people choosing to become vegan, but it's part of their disorder. So like, how do you tease out like when it's part of their disorder and it's potentially harmful to them versus when it's not that way? Or like, what, how do you see that whole problem or dilemma, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really important um, area of focus. If if there's someone who is vegan and has an eating disorder, or, you know, falls anywhere on the disordered eating spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I like to start and kind of assess what they're eating Mm-hmm. Um, and so for anyone who is avoiding or restricting any foods that are vegan, that's a big red flag for me. Um, mm-hmm. The common ones within like the diet culture form of veganism are oil. Um, people, there's a lot of this like big anti-oil movement that <laughs> I know the way <laughs> I see the look on your face. And it's really funny because whenever I share this with non-vegan dietitians are like, what in the world? But it's so common in the, in the plant-based sphere. There are a handful of these like, you know, old white celebrity doctors pushing this oil-free, very low fat, whole foods, plant-based diet to reverse heart disease. And it's like this big thing. And then everyone's scared if they eat a drop of oil, they're going to get a heart attack and die. It's awful. Um, so yeah, that's a whole other thing, but that's a, that's a red flag. That's something to assess. Um, and then a lot of like the, kind of the like common ones, like, um, sugar, processed foods, salty snack foods, anything like that. Um, and nowadays we're, we're really lucky that a lot of people have 
pretty easy access to affordable vegan processed foods and fun foods like vegan meats and cheeses and frozen pizzas and burritos and cupcakes and cookies and you know all this stuff and so Mm -hmm. there's no longer that kind of option to hide behind oh well like that's not available to me because it is available to a lot of people and people can make make options too um so that's number one if anyone is restricting anything that is vegan for Mm -hmm. fear you know health reasons weight whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. something to dig into more and and ask i always like to ask um, you know, where are you getting your nutrition information or how did you learn, you know, how to eat vegan and kind of assess, um, because most people are following a lot of the kind of like that celebrity plant-based doctor propaganda stuff, which can be pretty harmful. Yeah. Um, and so that that's a lot to dig into. And it, and it's not to say that, oh, someone is either all like a plant-based diet or, or they're like completely ethical. There is a lot of blending there for a lot of people, which, which like you said, it can be intimidating to try to assess that and suss that out because it can be really intertwined for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I wanted to read um, just a quote from a, a post you made a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, basically, you said body liberation is the foundation of both the vegan and anti-diet movements. I'm really curious about that. I want to hear more about your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it goes back to that idea of consistent anti-oppression and treating everyone you know, with respect. And mm-hmm. that includes respecting body autonomy. Um, for those listening to this podcast, I'm assuming they're pretty familiar with what that entails, you know, with diet culture and, you know, fat liberation, body liberation for everyone, especially people in, you know, marginalized bodies or who have marginalized identities. Um, But for non-human animals, it's really, you know, the right to live their life without being, you know, bred specifically to be farmed and exploited Um, oftentimes based on their gender, based on our like human idea of gender, you know, female cows are exploited for their milk and then male calves are exploited to be veal and, you know, male or excuse me, female chickens are raised for eggs and male chickens are oftentimes killed in very brutal ways, you know, soon after they're born. Um, So there's a lot of crossover there when we look at, you know, who has the freedom to exist in their body without being oppressed or exploited or marginalized. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, as you're talking, I'm just like thinking about, well, the first thing came to mind is that, that oftentimes when I, I work with uh, yeah, a lot of different clients and oftentimes when, I'll, when I ask them, like when they first started, like, you know, cutting out meat or becoming vegetarian or vegan, they'll say that they like watched the documentary. And I'm, I'm just curious, like your thoughts on that. Like, I'm sure there's obviously like positive documentaries that have a lot to offer and then also ones that are really harmful. Um, I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I see um, the health and food focused documentaries is, is another big problematic kind of information source that is driving a lot of the diet culture and disordered eating among vegans. So I don't recommend any of them. Um, there, there are a handful of Um, more like animal rights documentaries that I might, if people are into that, um, like I can only think of maybe like two or three that I would feel comfortable recommending to people, but they aren't talking about, you know, like nutrition or diet at all. It's more about animal rights and animal liberation. That makes sense. Can you share those? Like what, for those that are interested, like what would be a good thing to listen if they were interested in learning more? Yeah. 
Um, and I'm, I'm an old school vegan, so I'm not up and up on like all of the documentaries. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the, the one that was really impactful for me a long time ago, and I know for a lot of people is called Earthlings. Mm. Um, it's very heavy, very intense, lots of graphic footage, but it's a, it's a really good intro into like the different industries that exploit animals and what's going on. Um, so that one is good. And there was a recent one called, I believe it's called the animal people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was about a specific group of activists that were working to, um, well, they were working against a corporation that was doing a lot of animal testing. Um, and they were working to, you know, a, legislation against that, but also some direct action and, and liberating animals and labs and things like that. And some of them went to prison and, um, it, it, that's more of kind of like a, yeah, like a political type of documentary, but those two, cool. I would feel okay recommending. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. So now I just want to like speak to that person who's listening and they're like very interested in, in this. Like, um, what would you say to someone who, I don't know, is interested in learning more about veganism, but maybe they are on the fence. Cause they're like, I'm not sure if this is part of, you know, a disordered thing or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, for, for learning more, um, you know, for the animal rights stuff, you know, there are those documentaries yeah. I mentioned, um, vegan outreach is an organization, um, that I like, um, they do a lot of good advocacy work and they do some direct food aid in communities too. They, they do a lot of, you know, excellent work. Um, and they have this, um, free email program called 10 weeks to vegan. Um, and it's in so many different languages. Um, and it, it's, they have programs for like so many different countries, but it's, it's basically just this free, um, every week for 10 weeks, you get one email and it kind of gives you advice on how to go vegan. And I've looked over at least the US, the American English version, um, and it's not restrictive at all. Like it's like, woohoo, like look at all these different kinds of vegan chicken and vegan cheese. And it's it's really positive. It is not, you know, pushing diet culture, weight loss or anything at all. It's, it's all about the animals. So I think that's a safe way um, to dip your toes in. Um, and for kind of like the food and nutrition side of things, um, unfortunately there are so few resources. Um, uh -huh. the, the only ones that are like explicitly health at every size and anti-diet are mine, yeah. unfortunately. Yep. Um, but there is one book, it's not explicitly Hayes, it does use the O words a little bit, but isn't like pushing veganism for weight loss or anything. It's called Vegan for Life. Um, it's by two vegan registered dietitians, kind of like, um, my professional role models when I was, you know, growing up into a vegan and as a registered dietitian and, um, still to this day, um, Jack Norris, who's actually the executive director or co-founder of vegan outreach, um, and Jenny Messina, and she's written a lot of books. Um, so that's a really good go-to. It, it kind of gives you like the evidence-based need to know, like, here's how to get your calcium. Here's how to, you know, meet your vitamin A needs and that, that sort of thing. So that's a good handy resource. Cool. That sounds great. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for what you've shared today. I would love for you to tell people where to find you since you're, you know, obviously your stuff is an amazing resource and also like anything you have to offer. I think I was, as I was looking through your stuff, you have a, an online course. So just like anything you can share with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my website's taylorwolfram.com. 
Um, I've got a lot of blog posts on there. I do have um, an online course that is pretty new. It's called the Anti-Diet Vegan Nutrition Course. And so if you do want to learn about vegan food and nutrition and you know meals and snacks and a little bit of vegan lifestyle stuff um, in a place that you know is completely diet culture free, um, that's, that's a little safe corner of the internet to do that. <laughs> um, and you can find that pretty, pretty easily on my site. Um, and then on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm Taylor Wolfram RD. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor. All right, guys, that's a wrap on episode 77 with Taylor Wolfram. If you would like to hear more from Taylor, definitely check her out on Instagram at Taylor Wolfram RD. And you can find her courses and her individual work all from there. If you're interested in my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I do have spots available for May and into June. So the best way to get signed up for this and start the process is to click the link on my bio, click the work with me tab, and then submit a form and I'll reach out to you to schedule a 15 minute discovery call. Um, or you can just go directly to my website, theintuitiverd.com, and you'll be able to submit the form directly from there. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode and I will chat with you soon.